0: If you know me at all, you know that death is my bread uh-huh. and danger
1: my butter. Oh, no, oh, danger is my bread and death is my butter. No, no, wait. Danger is my uh, bread. Death, no, death. No, I'm sorry. Death is my, death and danger are my various breads and, and uh, various butters. Uh-huh.
0: Right? What is that sound? Where is it coming from all around? What are you running from? This is
2: a an interesting Something episode because we have understand. a guest who is not related to the college, not related to higher education in general. But he but did go to college. He did go to college. And that's why we have him on the show. That is true. John Hodgman. Now you know him, Ben. I know him as a, as uh, from the column Ask a Former Professional Literary Agent. Our students seem to know him from the the Apple commercials of a few years ago where he played the PC and Justin Long played the Mac. I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. Right. They haven't quite I, they keep saying this but they haven't explained to
1: me why, stu- why they know that.
3: Well, I, I think there're a disproportionate number of computer science kids working on this podcast.
1: Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a possibility. They would they would pay attention. Are you suggesting that that's what encouraged you to go into the field? Yes, I, I'm not absolutely. suggesting
3: that, but I'm suggesting that it's what encouraged Eric to go into the field.
1: Interesting. Oh. Wait,
0: was it actually?
1: Nah.
3: I don't know.
2: He saw a commercial. It, he's, he's not, not here. Not here. Up, he can't so. defend
3: himself. Sounds
2: well. legit. Sounds legit. Either way, that's what he did. He was also, John was also a McSweeney's contributor. He was a Daily Show correspondent, and he is the host of our rival podcast, Judge John Hodgman. He, right. is,
3: he was also last week on uh, Prairie Home Companion, which is how, yes, he was. which is, when I told my parents about this, Mm. one of the things they first brought up.
1: I'm sure they were pretty excited. And he was on the episode of Parks and Rec that we just rewatched
2: the other night. I don't think that's necessarily in anybody's mind. I think that's what they were all thinking. That's probably what they were all thinking. (laughs) Now, he will also be um, in the Lehigh Valley on November 17th. I, I'm going I'm to have a, a strong suspicion that we'll mention that when we're talking to him. I think so, but I, I don't think it can be mentioned enough. He will be in the Lehigh Valley November 17th when? in Bethlehem. Bethlehem. When? Steel Stacks November 17th. Where? Bethlehem. Performing his one man comedy show. How Vac-a- many comedy shows? One. Vacation Land. Workland? Nope. Vacation Land. And we will be there and we will have stickers to give him. And if there's anyone there, Who comes up to us and says, "Hey, I'm into VBB. We will give them a sticker too. That is our guarantee. Can you can we guarantee? Do we have enough stickers to guarantee that? (laughs) We better get a sticker. We better get some more stickers. Do we have any? We need to
3: have at least two extra stickers. Probably.
2: You think two? I
1: think that's pretty. That's a large estimate.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? I was honestly thinking that's an underestimate. I know a lot of people. They might not listen to the show.
1: Yeah. But they see. (laughs) But they love stickers. They see
0: the sticker with the the guy with his head. Mm-hmm. Shopped over with a loaf of bread, and they just think
2: it's kind of funny and endearing, maybe. It's and that and that's just... all we ever wanted to do, Thomas. We, all, right. all we ever wanted to do was have people get st- not listen to the show, not listen to us talk about stuff.
3: Plus, as soon as people see you handing out free stickers, they're instantly going to want free stickers.
2: Mm. Okay, we we'll have to maybe have to rethink that. All right, we have to rethink this. Okay, guys, is he is he on the line? Is he ready to talk to us? He's good to go. He's good to go. Okay, well let's uh, let's right. get started with our special guest, John. Judge, John Hodgkin. All right. Thanks.
4: Hello. Hello. This is John. Hi, John. Can you hear us? This is Ben. Hi, Ben. How are you? Hi, John. This is Simon. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Simon? How are you, Ben? This is John.
2: Oh, uh, we're doing I fine. Think, I think we've covered it now. All right. Okay. Also, I think, I think Simon. we got it. Yes, John. What's right. up? How are you? Oh, um, you know, I'm doing well. Uh, how are, did we ask Standby how you one. were? Stand by. Okay, Ben. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, you know, uh, I've been doing a lot of come see, come Great, saw I'm answers. Yes, fine.
1: Thank
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got. I, w- I think we've got the sound check correct. There um, are
3: also two other people oh, here. Oh, Thomas I'm,
2: and Michelle are here.
3: I'm Michelle.
4: And I'm. i Michelle.
2: And I'm Thomas. Do you Hi, guys Thomas. want to go through the whole thing? Yeah, how are you too? Oh, how are
1: you?
4: I, I mean, it's not for me to ask. You I would presume you already know. <laughs> this right is there. true. We have been listening. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle, how are you?
3: I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thomas, how are you?
2: I'm swell. Uh, John, is there is there a particular way you'd like to, us to refer to you? Is it Judge? Is it John? Is it Hodgman? Is it Haji? Is it Joho? What what do you like? Hojo? No, not no. That no. doesn't make any sense. Joho. It makes sense. I don't think John, what, Ho makes John Hodgman would
4: be fine. John Hodgman,
2: the whole thing? Every time we refer to you? Why do you make me repeat myself? Oh, okay. Well, that's right. <laughs> you know what? There you go, John Hodgman. This is John not... is fine. Okay, that's... John is fine. This is not going well. Okay, I know. Okay, well, we should we should start. Um, this we... might be part of the recording. Right, okay, we'll start. Yeah. So, John, thank you for coming coming on to Various Breads and Butters. This would be episode 77 with me, Simon Tonev, my partner in crime here, Ben Cohen, out in the studio, We've got Thomas Williams and our producer Michelle Polton Simon. Michelle Hyphen. Uh, Michelle Hyphen Polton Simon and our very special guest. I say that about everybody, I but know. in this case, it's a very That's, special guest. It's
1: for these reasons that I've been warning you against overusing it before. That's true. We're we're at we're at
2: ceiling now. Yeah. <laughs> um, guest. Yes, we're we're at peak guest at this point. Peak John special guest John Hodgman is with us today.
4: Hello. Hello, John. Hello, John. Ben and Simon, how are you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it feels like we've been through this already. I'm just going to uh, say for all of us, I think we're all well. Yeah. Um. But and, how are you, but how are you, John? Yeah.
4: I'm great. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. by here I mean in my office in Brooklyn, New York, but talking to you via internet in uh, Le- Lehigh Valley. That, yes. That's where
2: we are. You will. That's right.
1: That yeah. was the precipitating cause for. Exactly. Or that was our, what's the word? That was our, uh, our ruse to get you to be on the show because mm-hmm. we would claim that it was, well, it is tied. It's tied to your forthcoming,
2: upcoming appearance in Bethlehem.
4: I'll be performing, uh, my one person standing up storytelling.
2: <laughs> there will be no seats
4: called for you. I, I have to stand. Everyone else can sit. That's fine.
2: Yep. Ben and I will be there, along with, okay. with my uh, friends of the show, past guest, current wife, Professor Jennifer Tallarico. That's Simon's, um, that's Simon's wife. That's my wife. We will have a sticker for you after the show, so that is that is that is our enticement for you to stay no, on the line you. and talk to us. Oh, we'll give you one. A sticker?
1: People I, think there's no value in being on our show, but there is. It's yeah. a two-inch by two-inch sticker. Yeah.
4: Hang on, let me get out my tape measure so I can get <laughs> an image of this. Hang on, let me just... now. that's two inches... <laughs> high by two inches in width? Yeah, uh, yes. Or is it is it also two inches thick?
2: No, yeah. no, no. Well, I guess if you got enough of them, it would be two inches thick. But this is something that can go on the back of, I'm assuming, your uh-huh. MacBook Pro. Uh-huh. Huh? There you go. See? Yeah, was uh, that? Were I you making Mac a... Gear. Yeah, Simon didn't want us to ask about
1: PCs and Macs. No, I said not, that Simon?
4: Uh, because because I I think that you think I'm not proud of the greatest uh, job I ever had in my life.
2: <laughs> I think you are. Aside you, from the Daily Show, l- <laughs> let me let me tell you what's interesting about that is that our students, when we say, "Hey, we're having John Hodgman on the show," I have no idea. Well, they do know you as the PC from the PC Apple commercials. No, they don't. They don't. They, 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 do. Don't. they, they do. do. That's that's their that's their reference for are you. Are your
4: students also? In their 30s and 40s? <laughs> uh, no, we, we're pretty much
2: a normal, like you know, 20 year old, 20 uh, year old thing. This baffles me. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're they're not as familiar with Justin Long. I'll say that. And and maybe we'll, we'll have him on the show. Maybe you, we'll talk you won, about that. You won that one.
4: But how? But you know, this is an undergraduate. Lafayette is an undergraduate institution, isn't it? Yeah. That is not? that's correct. So they, they they cannot be older than 22, and except for that one dude who's yeah, in
2: his 30s, exactly, buying yeah. beer for everybody. Yeah.
4: So, no. so we they, they would have seen those commercials when they were but ch- children. Yeah, I don't get it. I think it works at, at a lot of ages though. It's you That's and quite, Justin I'll, talking to each I'm, other. I'm thrilled to hear that because they were an important part of my life, and and uh, but yet a part that feels rapidly disappearing yes. in people's memory.
1: Well, I was very excited because at the time I had that many degrees of separation sense of connection uh, which is false that fans have of people who are in, in the media so that I, I was reading the column of a, a former professional professional literary agent way back oh. in the day. Deep cut. Very Deep excited cut, about everybody. that. <laughs> and I've long been a fan of the fire next sharp stick. Deepest cut. My, one of my early favorites. He's just showing off now. I'm just showing off now. When I saw those commercials, and I actually when I saw you on the Daily Show, I was like, I know who that guy is, and it felt oh, like that's nice. I felt like I had like a, a better standing than other people because I knew like it was my guy who was now on the Daily Show. It was my guy who who was in the commercials.
4: Yeah, I was repping McSweeney's pretty hard on the Daily Show. That's true.
1: Yeah, that was good stuff.
4: Yeah. For the person who is listening to this podcast, there are there
1: are
2: over a there's, dozen. There's several. I okay. Think two dozen, maybe at this point. That's uh, nice. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be that boastful. Yeah. If there's anything you want to say that you don't think will go over well pu- publicly, you can pretty much say it here. It's like a mm-hmm. phone call between the three of us.
4: For Five the listeners minutes. who may not know, Ben, it was Ben who was just speaking, is it not?
2: Yes. Right.
4: Was referencing some very er early work I did when I was uh, writing for the the website and the journal McSweeney's, Dave Eggers' journal. And and it was Dave who really convinced me to stop being a literary agent, which I was at the time and not a very good one, and to be a professional uh, writer. And I wrote an, uh, uh, an internet advice column called Ask a Former Professional Literary Agent. Which, in some weird ways, has morphed into my current podcast, the Judge John Hodgman podcast, and, and column in the New York Times Magazine, because it's still me telling people who's right and who's wrong. Oh, that's great. And then, uh, and then, but we also know someone in common. Do we not, Ben?
1: We do. We have actually, we can call him friend of the show, former guest John Warner.
4: F O T S S G. That's right. The novelist.
1: That's right. The novelist, the editor, the teacher. Also, also a, a contributor to McSweeney's. When I was talking to him that we were going to have you on on the show, he said that guy is just such a mensch.
4: Well, that's nice of him to I, say. He, he really say that. said that. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, mensch is the <laughs> is it the y- Yiddish only or y- Yiddish and German? I think it's word. I, think, I think we could say I was going to say Yiddish. I'm going to get right. you, Simon. But I think but mensch it's,
2: is a German word. Me, me.
4: Well, yeah, because Uber Mensch in Nietzsche's Uber Mensch mm-hmm. course is means. Um, this is another thing taken from the yids. It means, <laughs> it means um, uh, man of steel. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, <laughs> yeah. as is but my understanding. The, but the Yiddish usage of mensch as a person of quality. Yes, that would be. I think that's what what you're referring to, Ben. And I, and uh, as a double lapsed Catholic, I appreciate that. Double. Does that mean you're you're back in? No, oh, okay. I uh, I was born to lapsed Catholics. <laughs> oh, okay, I never, I got it. That makes sense. I never sense. practiced. Right. A second generation lapsed Catholic.
1: Simon didn't let me put this into our show notes, so I'm not allowed to ask this. But you reminded me of my aunt, Jewish aunt, and she lives in in Brookline. I just didn't know. Do you know her? Because she lives she lives in Brookline.
4: Your Jewish aunt in Brookline, my yeah. hometown. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Susan.
1: Cohen? Susan Cohen. What does she do there in Brookline? She's a dental hygienist.
4: I don't know that I know her. You didn't want to have this line of questioning in the I, show. No, he Just, thought. He
1: said, seems. "John, he said we don't have enough time. Don't waste all this." And I said, "You know, screw you. Yeah, I'm said, wasting
2: our time." That's a, that's a, that's a quote.
1: I, I want to also say now that we're on the topic that um my, my aunt's uh, point of notoriety was that she was the dental hygienist to, um New Edition back in the eighties. I think this is a up. HIPAA violation. <laughs> is that
2: not a what violation? A HIPAA violation. I think I think there's certain medical <laughs> oh. procedures. That we don't, I, you know, the fact that New Edition maybe didn't want to know that they went. To didn't dentists. they become?
1: Aren't they boys to Men? I don't think they
4: so. They became. They became. not Bobby Biv Brown? DeVoe. Yeah. Oh, Bell Biv DeVoe. Well, yeah. they were. There were a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was
1: a
2: that was a bad error on my part. Ooh Bell Biv DeVoe.
4: Now. <laughs> Ooh, watch out! You're I, I, gonna I, lose control.
2: And we haven't licensed that song, so now I think we're even more in more legal trouble here. This is just this is just blowing up. We guess we, what though. What's that?
4: I wrote it, so you have my way. <laughs> okay. Oh,
2: we're good then. We're good. Now, wait. You're not going to sue us. I <laughs>
4: uh, well, uh, no, I pr- I probably won't. Okay, I
2: appreciate that.
4: Yeah, okay. I um I wrote that uh, as a song. I <laughs> uh, wrote that song for New Edition. Okay, in right in nineteen seventy nine. Wow, did they sing it ever? That was their. Big hit after Candy Girl. Got right. it.
2: Got it. Yeah, it makes and sense. I was shopping yeah. it. I was I'm, shopping I'm hearing it. that now. I'm hearing I was it. An
4: eight, I was eight years old when I wrote it. <laughs>
2: okay. This is making By sense. the time
4: New Edition recorded it, we were all uh, 12. Your, oh, yeah. And it came out in 1984, peaking at number four in January 1985 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. And you've and, been living uh, off the residuals ever since. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, oh. I get a $35 check every year. <laughs> right. oh. Is
1: this what um, got Dave Eggers um, interested in your column?
4: Yeah, that's exactly right. He wanted to get, he wanted to get close to a guy who knew Belbiv Biv DeVoe. I, ne- <laughs> uh, I was never particularly close to Bobby Brown, now Johnny wanna... Dillon, Ralph Tresvant. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I ever met those guys at all. <laughs> now you mentioned your podcast, Judge
2: John Hodgman. Mm-hmm. For the yes. uninitiated, will will you sort of give a brief description of the podcast?
4: What do you do on it? It's interesting because I have human children, and my son, <laughs> and you know, children. How children are dumb. Yeah. They don't, they don't understand think. what's going on most of the time. we got about 2,500 of them right they don't here talk <laughs> on because, campus. Uh, my adorably dumb, dumb son, he said to me the other day, looking at a Judge John Hodgman post, he's like, it just occurred to me that it's called Judge John Hodgman because you're the judge on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. He said, oh, I thought it was inviting people to judge you. Oh, oh. come on. Which How did he not it, see that? Also True. And certainly based judging by the letters that I get. Lots of people are judging me all the time for my verdicts. Do you put my son? My son is 29. Um, <laughs> anyway, for the initiated, I it is a judge is a judge podcast the way the people's court is a judge TV show. Mm-hmm. I am the judge of my court of fake Internet law. My co-host and co-creator and, co- and producer Jesse Thorne of NPR's Bullseye is my bailiff and people call in using technology with disputes mm-hmm. often husbands and wives or boyfriends and girlfriends but not necessarily sometimes brothers sometimes friends
1: would it be a podcast hosts
4: and they have disputes sometimes podcast hosts sometimes podcast people looking for to plug their podcast okay. and um, and they call in and, uh, and and say each side of the dispute and i listen to both sides and we have a nice conversation and then i tell them who's right and who's wrong and i pass down a sentence that is um, enforced by uh, under 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 pain of shame.
2: <laughs> they read the terms, the iTunes terms and services. They know yeah. that by listening to your podcast, they they have to comply. Right, Doug That's Llewellyn right. is he out outside
1: after they after this and they talked to him? No,
4: D- Jesse Thorne gives him a little Doug Llewellyn after show, talking Judge John Hodgman talk. Right, some of the classic ones are these two dudes who called in who'd been having a a barroom dispute since their own times in college about whether or not a machine gun qualified as a robot. No, (laughs) of course not. No. Um, It seems
2: so obvious now that
4: you, that you've rendered judgment. Yeah. What was the case for the person who thought it was? Well, he had all sorts of theories. This This is one of the things that we've discovered is that nerds have theories. Yeah. After this, I'm going to be recording the podcast and there's going to be a, a husband and a wife who disagree over whether to have a lawn but uh, like in their lawn or a garden, mm. see what happens with that one.
1: That's are you going to push them towards an edible edible lawn? The edible lawn movement's pretty big.
4: What's the edible lawn movement? Just Do like just uh, like grow uh, you, uh
1: Well, just any. It's I think it's just a fancier word for like for a garden. Like you use it to grow food. Right. So
2: you, you rather than just
4: you, this incredibly thirsty decorative,
2: right carpet like plant. Yeah, you make it productive. All I see is all chives. Because that would look like a lawn. But then That'd what do you do with sad. all those chives? Oh, man. Quiche. Come on. Lots of quiche. Lots well, of quiche, I suppose. Now, Loaded to, pick, to potatoes? That's true. Potatoes. Yeah. Then you got to grow potatoes. John, I've got a bone to pick with you about <laughs> some of the judgments you've rendered on, on the podcast. Now, you have referred repeatedly to the Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage. And yes. as a Canadian myself, you didn't know this was going to be a gotcha question. And we got you here. <laughs> and now I'm asking... I just, I, I guess I take take umbrage with the identification of the uh, of the restaurant as the Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage. Uh, of I, course, I it's, don't. It's Pizza Pizza, as we all like to know. Oh, you can That's say it on chain. our show. We can say it on That's our show.
4: Canadian chain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say this. As well, you a, really. By, by the way, you really gotched me on that. You <laughs> I did.
2: I did. See, I told him not to bring this. I'm not this even up. sure what the question is. Well, I just I, actually it's I don't not know. A question what the It's question, question, an accusation. It's an accusation. I will say this: I grew up in Canada until I was 21 years old, and not once was I called forth upon to avoid a noid. And whereas all you Americans, during all that time that we were eating our pizza and garbage, were avoiding noids.
4: The, the gentleman is making a reference to an antique Domino's pizza promotion, correct, correct. older older than the PC Met commercials. Mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. there is no, there is no derogatory context. Okay to Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage. I called it Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage, Mm -hmm. not because the pizza is garbage, but because Mm -hmm. the defendant in that particular case was equally attracted to the chain for its pizza and its garbage.
2: yeah. Because
4: he would routinely, his girlfriend was taking him to court, attempting to get me to prohibit him from digging through the garbage at Pizza Pizza to reclaim individual pizza slice boxes that that might have coupons or prizes uh-huh. on them, so that he could get cheaper pizza or maybe a free motorcycle. I think, or something like that, if he got enough of them. There was some game, yeah, some uh, promotion.
1: I, I want you to, even so, you know, when people ask, uh, like in an interview, like what's what's your greatest strength or what's your weakness, Simon always answers his greatest strength is the ability to take umbrage. So he, you're, he's just tapping into a long-standing skill of his.
4: No, well, that's fine.
1: It's that's like a mutant
4: ability. Yeah, no, believe me, I know corollarily to nerds have theories of her. Mm-hmm. If there's umbrage, a nerd will take it. And I will. Yep. I will. It's right sitting right there. Umbridge. Tipper. I did it. Uh, I performed in Toronto. What, what part of Canada are you from? I
2: am from Toronto, in
4: fact. And I performed. The Emerald in, City. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't
2: think no. so. That's no, not.
4: Frogtown. Nope. R- Ront, Ront Town.
2: <laughs> the Big smoke. The big,
4: the, the big Ronto. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I performed there mm-hmm. and had an audience meetup at a Pizza Pizza. I don't remember which one it was. Okay. The it was a very clean restaurant. They did have garbage, but luckily no <laughs> one was no one was pawing through the garbage like that. Ted beat. That's good. And I don't remember if I tasted the pizza, but we had a nice time. Listen, I made a, everyone buy pizza. It's
2: mediocre. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I just, I just took umbrage because, like you said, the umbrage was to be taken. Did you meet my aunt Dorothy while you were up in Toronto? <laughs> she was in Brooklyn at the time.
4: Ben <laughs> yeah. and Ben and uh, Ben's aunt and I uh, <laughs> had uh, co- coffee with. Well, no, we had plans to have coffee with Aunt Dorothy. Okay. Okay. But well, did, we couldn't. It was just too busy. It fell through.
2: I, it fell I get through. it. It's it's fine. Don't don't feel bad a lot about that. It. Do you um
1: do you plan to have a pizza uh, meet up with the audience in Bethlehem?
4: I will have a meet up of some kind. Yes. I mean, I I usually hang around after shows to to hang out and to meet people if they're interested to sign things if they have things to sign. I don't usually that happens in the lobby. Mm-hmm. But what should I do in Bethlehem Well, now you, that we're on the line? You will accept our stickers that we give you. <laughs> okay, I know. But <laughs> um, aside <laughs> from that, is it, what's, what's going, what's going that, that on in Bethlehem? A of a, of an e, what, it's a October, so a Thursday evening Ooh. after know, Le- the show. What, am I, what are we going to do?
1: Well, it's right behind, beside Lehigh University. So there are a number of uh, various quality bars mm-hmm. in the area.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I think you might want to aim for one of the better quality ones. Yep.
4: Here's something. Jordan Klepper, who is uh correspondent on the Daily Show, and a very funny guy, yeah. and I last fall did a, a a dual gig uh comedy performing gig at um in Athens, Ohio. Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. Okay. Okay. And that was a very much a college town and had a variety of various quality bars in it. And after the show, it was also Dad's Weekend. So the whole the whole place was swamped with bros mm. and their and their and their dads who were refusing to accept their mortality.
2: So you said <laughs> so that was a good time for you guys.
4: And w- well, we were looking for a place to have a quiet cocktail after the show and do a little post mortem and to enjoy each other's company because we don't get to see each other that often, that often. But you know, every bar had a line of mm. dudes and dads uh-huh. waiting to get in. Then we found the right bar.
2: I think on a Thursday, we, we, we might and, and be you know what okay. the, the key was. Oh, what was that?
4: Two things to, if you't if you have a bar and you don't want dudes and dads to come into it,
1: OK, we're writing this down.
4: Charge a cover, mm-hmm. and specifically charge a cover for the experimental jazz band that's playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. All right, ah! is that, did you,
2: did you bo- write that one too?: yeah, Is Bobby McFerrin in your apartment right now? <laughs> That's, I well, saw
4: Bobby McFerrin uh, give a talk once. A talk talk, not a... Ooh, oh, nee, oh, he didn't talk. do that. Talked, he didn't even hit his body or anything. Oh. And afterward, it was Q&A, first question. Do you <laughs> used to live in your car? <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> Apparently that is one, the number one top rumor about Bobby McFerrin. Yeah, he used to live the, in his car. I thought that was that Jewel. Lived,
1: <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah. Jewel lived in a van. Oh. Well, I
1: think a lot of people confuse Jewel and Bobby McFerrin anyways. Absolutely. Just in general. We've done it many, many times here.
4: In the summer of 1984, New Edition and I all lived together on sure. a tandem bicycle. All
2: right? <laughs> wow! See, it's, it's, it's these types it's of facts that we by. don't actually get on the show. These are the these market. are breaking stories. We're not professionals, but we also but we do judge things. It, would it be okay if we got your professional opinion on some things, even though we're not actually? Paying you or have
4: not agreed in principle to a payment? Well, here is my stipulation. Okay. the The answer is yes, with this stipulation. Okay. And it is a stipulation that uh, that is true for the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Mm-hmm. When people people come to me for weird dad advice, there. Okay. And as it was uh, true all the way back when I was doing my advice column, ask a former professional literary agent. I would I would prefer that the questions be sincere rather than purposefully goofy. Okay. This is not like
2: would you rather fight a duck-sized horse or horse-sized duck? That's right. not that's not what we're asking. No. Okay. Ben is currently crossing many things off a list right now. No. Ben
4: did you is he really? No. No, he's not. Just let's try it. Well, let's just see what happens. So w-
1: one of them is is something that's frustrating to me for real. I uh I a friend of mine run a run a a survey each year, a candy hierarchy survey, which by the time this comes out Um, It will have already aired. And uh, we try to, we develop a, from the survey results, we produce a candy hierarchy. The question is, one thing that's bothered me as we do this year after year is that chocolate and peanut butter combinations always seem to come out higher than chocolate and mint combinations. And I find this uh, objectively false, which I'm not using those words correct at all because the survey data shows that people prefer chocolate and peanut butter.
4: Objectively, it is true. I just it's subjectively false. Because you like chocolate and mint
1: yeah, I, and better I,
4: than chocolate and peanut butter.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm just struggling to understand the the logic of of why everybody else could be
2: so wrong.
4: This is how sociopaths are born.
2: <laughs> so do you do you have an opinion? Oh wait, are, are you saying Ben's a sociopath or the people answering the survey? The people soci- answering the survey. Okay. No,
4: Ben's a sociopath. Oh, oh okay. okay. I can
2: I can leap that out. <laughs>
4: you believe that the system is rigged <laughs> no. that it, that if you if 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 reality does not conform to your taste buds that there is something wrong with reality <laughs> and that is not true well, the see, reality is that more people like chocolate and peanut butter and i'll tell you why mm, in my opinion and i'm not making a comment one way or the other on this okay mint is a divisive flavor
1: it's true but my counterpoint is that I think big peanut butter is not acknowledging or or giving the proper heed to peanut allergy people. And I don't—I've never heard about mint allergies, but we certainly have enough peanut allergies. What well, does I, that? Have I to actually know
3: someone from high school who had a mint allergy. Oh,
1: Thank so There you. you go. There you go. Yeah. Why do we allow counter evidence on this show? I don't. We—we'll just bleep that out. All right. I, this is go. This one's going against me. So let's move on to the next question. Okay.
4: Well, no. It, it's it. You're saying mm. your survey has shown that more people like chocolate and peanut butter, even though you prefer mint. And chocolate as a combo better, right? You are unable to accept the results, but you have to accept the results, right? Because it does not take their enjoyment of peanut butter does not take away from your enjoyment of mint, right? That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, and would you, do you have a personal preference, John? Yeah, peanut butter. Oh, I see. But that's because I abhor all sweets. Oh, interesting. So peanut butter is the thing that makes chocolate more savory, interesting to me. And I and un, and unlike mint, peanut butter has a truckload of fat in it, which I also like a lot. Okay. Okay, mint. Well. I like mint things, but mint is a, you know, that's a, like many of the herbs.
1: <laughs> you could plant these it's in the front strong, yard.
4: It's a strong flavor that'll, that not everybody likes.
1: Yep, you but know? it makes good for good uh, edible that's front right. yards,
2: edible
4: lawns. Yeah, you could have a
1: mint
2: lawn. Simon's got the next one. I, I got an, I got another one. Now, this is sort of a very general thing, but we deal with it on the show, obviously being in a college environment. Oh, um, right. We were, supposed to, um,
1: we, we were supposed to shroud this whole thing to really cr- perpetuate the ruse that we're college-based and it's a college show. But I think this is the first time we mentioned college.
2: Yes, so yes, we are at Lafayette College, WJRH 104.9. Um, <laughs> Thank
4: you. But... Is it time, is it time for traffic and the weather? Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> well if, if, you're, if you're just tuning in now, uh, this is various breads and butters. Um, so the question is, we want to know about the, whether college students are basically rational or not. And one of the issues that we have... Is, you know, college, I don't know if you experienced this when you were in, in, in college yourself, John, but students coming in. So there, there, there's a talk from seven to eight in the evening and you'll be in the talk. You'll be enjoying the talk. You'll understand. It'll be great. And suddenly out of the corner of your eye at about 10 minutes to eight, a student will walk in the the class, usually in sweats, usually almost always. Yep. Sits down. Talk ends about five minutes later with a question and answer period. They leave at that point. What's going on there? What do we think is going on with that student?
4: You mean that the student is is being so insensitive and antisocial that you worry that there's something wrong with their brain? I don't know about that. I just, there's a sense that that if
2: there's a talk going on from seven to eight, that somehow being there for 10 minutes- At the end of it. Yeah, at the end of it gives them like, so I've been there for the whole talk. I understand this talk. I, am, mm-hmm. I, I have got what I need to from this. Can you disabuse them of this notion um, on our behalf, or, or can you comment on that?
4: What What are your positions there at the university, I mean the
2: college? Uh, I'm a professor. I teach
1: environmental studies in a, in a department called engineering studies. Okay. And I am a,
2: uh, an administrator. I'm the director of institutional research. What does that mean? Uh, nobody knows. No, I, I don't usually like to say. I do yeah, st- I do statistics knows. and research for the college
4: on you the college. Ki- you, you kidnap students. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, if necessary, seven a semester. Sure, bring them into your lab. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, half it, of them.
4: Bec- I, half of them are bec- pretend to be prisoners, and half of them pretend to be prison guards. It's so. got to
2: be good research methods. You've <laughs> <Yes>. got to randomly
4: <laughs> assign them to conditions. We know this.
2: Yes. Yeah, and you put marshmallows in front of them.
4: Yeah, yep, yeah. and you zap them with a zapper. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And the
1: best way I've been able to understand is that sometimes John will be at a faculty meeting and. The 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 provost or the president will have some question about the incoming class has got six hundred and thirty seven students and but currently they're six hundred and fifty three and this is going to change because they'll drop out and they say hey Simon what are the numbers on that mm-hmm. and then Simon says well we've
2: calculated such and such I, I use a slide ruler as a prop
4: I had an experience on a on the campus of a of a different though I suspect equally lovely small college in another state there is no equal. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Slightly less charming college. Thank you. Thank you. Campus on an, in another state. Mm-hmm. Terrible state. And I was, um, I was there to uh, address the college. And the professor of English who had sponsored me to come there was very happy that I was there. And he was a really wonderful dude. And we hung out quite a bit. And the time came to walk over to the event. Mm-hmm. Or to be fair, the, recep- the reception before the event. And the professor sees one of his students gliding across campus in a fog, as they do. And he says, uh, Charlie, uh, you coming to see uh, John Hodgman tonight? And he goes, what?
2: <laughs>
4: I just We just talked about it in class. The, John Hodgman, the comedian who is standing right here, <laughs> is performing tonight. Are you coming to see it? And he looked at him, and just without... The moments of hesitation and certainly no shame just said, oh, no, (laughs) and walked away. Good on him. Good on him. It didn't occur to him for a second Mm -mm. that he should spare my feelings or help save the face of his professor. Why? Why would you bother doing that? Why would you lie to spare the feelings of this faceless mannequin who talks at him three times a week? This is also an example of sociopathy.
2: <laughs> I think we've basically decided that college students are irrational at their core.
4: Oh yeah. Okay. Well, all, all humans are,
2: but mostly college students.
4: But college <laughs> students think they're right.
1: Michelle and Thomas, you're not. You have no counterpoints
4: here.
3: I have a counterpoint Uh-oh. to the uh, coming in fifteen for fifteen minutes and then leaving.
4: Okay. Okay. Um, Please. One of my Michelle, are you a
3: student? Yes, I am a
4: sophomore. What are you studying?
3: Probably government and law and film and media studies.
4: Okay. Good. Those are, those are reasonable. <laughs> that's That's rational.
3: Um, but one of my professors sent out an email yesterday, and this is the second time she's done it, uh, offering extra credit to anyone who goes to the performing arts series here, but suggesting that they go for just 15 minutes.
2: Oh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. we're going to we're going to need names and social security numbers which, after the show. Which,
3: As someone who works for the the performing arts series, at, both as an usher and doing promotion for it. Is incredibly frustrating because when someone wow. stands up 15 minutes into a performance, not good. Uh, the performers can see that because it's a pretty like it's not the world's largest theater. And yeah, so, maybe
4: the student who came in for the last 10 was trying to be conscientious.
3: Yeah. Trying not to leave partway through, but instead come partway right. through.
4: Yeah. Okay. Better Boy, to acquire
0: more audience members than lose them partway through. That's, these are very generous interpretation i've got one one sort of point yeah
4: go ahead is that thomas is a
0: student as well i'm also thomas what are
4: you Um, what you're a junior what are you
0: studying that's an excellent question that is currently hanging in the balance what are you Um, what are the the options i'm actually engineering studies in theory Uh but that's going to probably change okay to some mixture of engineering and arts hopefully
4: yeah all right Um, those also those are all fine fields I, the, I just don't want, I just don't want you guys to be hosting a podcast in your 40s.
0: Right. <laughs> and he so called to, it. If, so Making references to, to make, the Noid.
4: <laughs>
0: is that, right, For a, in a college student's mind, the rational thing to do is prioritize sleep, food, and, you know, whatever social activities you so choose to participate in.
4: Say no more. Um,
0: saying from our, you know, maybe someone who doesn't do that point of view, why are college students so dang irrational? Is you know coming from someone who has a successful job and teaches people and is attempting to enlighten them to be rational in the way that they are
3: and also someone who gets more than like three hours of sleep a night? You don't know that I assume most of my professors can, get more than three hours ben of, of sleep staying up a night. until
0: the wee hours of the morning contemplating life right they
4: they just have different they just have different priorities.
2: There's so much good sleep. TV on I these think, days. I think college Which is sleeping,
4: lack... eating, so, social requirements. Look, they're, don't hate on them for being immortal.
1: <laughs>
4: I, I just think college students lack the common sense
0: and the common courtesy to, to do things like actually stay for a whole stand-up act or play or whatever.
4: You're trying to give me a warning about what's going to happen okay, when I perform? Maybe. They Look, the, these kids, they've got a lot on their plates. They got a lot, they got a lot of work to do, a lot of foods to eat, a lot of recreation to recreate, a lot of people to hug and kiss. They are not here for us olds talking at them. Oh, you are such an apologist, John. I'm just saying, I'm saying what's true. I'm not apologizing. Well,
2: let's, let's move on to the next judgment question. I would like, this is a question that we asked to our guests on the show, and it's the Friday Sunday question. I just want to, I just want to know what day you prefer the week. Do you prefer Fridays? Do you prefer Sundays? Friday. Now, I don't know what your schedule is, but do you have a typical sort of? You know, you work on Monday to Friday. You every day is Friday. Every day is Friday. So, so what? What? What is your reason? Because t- most, mostly people work on Friday. They don't work on Sunday. And yet, we find people prefer Friday to Sunday. What's your What's your reasoning?
4: This is beyond obvious. Who's asking this? Is this Chocolate this, Mint guy?
2: This is Simon. This is Simon asking.
4: Friday is op- because anticipation is better than disappointment.
2: I am a Friday person myself. Yeah, we're actually we're all Friday people here. But some people might argue that people on in Sundays live in the moment. They're living in the day that they have off. You
4: know, guess what? No one does live in the moment.
2: (laughs) Um, Our statistics
4: say (laughs) everyone who tells you to live in the moment, everyone who tells you to live in the moment wants your money. Oh, Oh. and guess what? They're not doing living in the moment. There you go. All we do, all we do is is live in anticipation of good things and in terror of bad things. Okay, And, and 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 nostalgia.
2: That's good. I think we've got we've got an objective opinion that Friday is better than Sunday. Just an ancillary question. How do you feel about black licorice and black licorice foods?
4: Well, as I do not have a sweet tooth, but an alcohol molar.
2: <laughs>
4: it's interesting. Black licorice is one of the only candies aside from chocolate and peanut butter that I can tolerate
2: Ooh. because
4: it because it has a highly controversial savory component which is the flavor of licorice or, yeah. or ants. Yeah.
2: You just threw our whole data. That's tough for us. So so the aforementioned survey that that Ben does, we found uh, statistically significant correlations of um, people who prefer Friday not liking black licorice and people who like prefer uh, Sunday liking it or well, liking it more
4: unskew your polls, dude. I don't, because you yeah. got to go find the anomaly no, in your no. No. in your That's methodology. Just, this there's a, is, this there's is a mistake in anomaly. your method.
1: Yeah, this yeah. is a big this is a big hit to
2: the methodology. That's a lot of work for Sorry. us, John. Thank you.
4: And, Fridays are best.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm on board. I'm with you. And then, and then my last judgment question is it's not a judgment though. Okay, I guess it's not. I I, like, I, but I
4: like the branding reminding sure. people oh, of good, the good. judge yeah. John
2: Hodgman podcast. Um, eating a fruit, an apple, let's say. Mm-hmm. Do you go east to west or north to south on that?
4: Well, as I recently discussed on the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast, I mm-hmm. choose not to eat fruit almost 99.9% of the time. How about when you eat round things? <laughs> <laughs> like a raw
2: tomato. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so when cause well, tomatoes technically a fruit. I think we can all agree on that. That's true. But That's true. If, you go, if you fruit. go at a raw tomato. Are you going there's east nothing, to west or north to the south? Nothing
4: be- there's nothing better than a good piece of fruit is spectacular yeah. but almost almost mythological in its rarity. Yeah. When was the last time you had a nice
2: crisp apple? <sighs> Ugh.
4: But I can tell you uh, the last time I had a nice crisp apple mm-hmm. ratio to the number of times I hopefully bit into an apple and decided it was a a, a mealy orb mm-hmm. of garbage. Yep. <laughs> It's like 1 to 1 million. Yeah. Well, I I I guess I go around the world on the apple. So, you still
2: now is it a sign of of uh, sociopathy, I think is the word that if you do it north to south? I've never I've never I've
4: never seen that happen. It,
2: yeah, I hadn't
1: either. It, it took me a while to figure out what 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 the question was. I couldn't picture what that meant. I yeah,
4: I would I would I would instead say, do you eat it from pole to pole or do you go pole to equatorial pole. style?
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we do have a, a friend of the show who
2: gave us a picture of him um, yeah. going pole to pole and it was it was absurd. Yeah. Just, yeah. Justin gave just, Justin the poorly summarized podcast gave us some pictures and my wife also does the the pole to pole and it's just it's it's just it's, not right. It's disconcerting to say. Yeah, it's
4: very it's very off, yeah.
1: no. um, we uh, so this next question is not a judgment one but uh, we started asking this on our show and I think I'd be interested to hear your answer to this. This is a music question. Mm-hmm. And so I got interested in, in hearing from people who said, what was your favorite music at age 10, age 20, and age 30? And that can be um, a band or a song or even a genre. So at, at age 10, do you recall, what was your favorite music? This is right after you were writing for New Edition, so I don't know if it was colored by that.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it would have to, you know what? Controversial choice, but even though I wrote Cool It Now, um, Candy Girl, watch out. Keep on hearing. You're gonna lose, lose control. control. Probably age ten, we're talking about uh, Pac-Man fever, Oh, Doctor Demento stuff. Oh wow! Probably what I would say.
1: Uh, age twenty, at age twenty, what was your what was your favorite music?
4: It was probably I was deep into Billy Bragg at oh, that time. That's and a big advance. I was making a trans transition from my late teens obsession with Tom Waits mm. into a into a later te- a latest teens and early twenties uh, obsession. With Billy Bragg, I think that was around the time that he brought out uh, "Workers' Playtime," which is still one of the best albums. Okay,
2: and any particular right. songs from that album that you that you enjoyed? "Cool It Now," <laughs> "Candy Girl." <laughs> These are just. Boy, this is all my fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. I'll peel this back. We. I mean, what we do after each episode, and in addition to putting out the episode, is we have one of our. Our do you have a playlist intern on your um on, on your podcast? Jonathan. Yeah.
4: No, oh, you should. You should get one. We've got lots of. They're easy here. to find. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm a grown man who does not work for university. I do not have access to children. Oh. <laughs> <We> <laughs> you did. really should look into that. We can get you one, sure. I don't want one of the children you've been keeping in your labs. Simon.
2: <laughs> <gasps> our our playlist intern and an editor in chief of the uh, of the Lafayette newspaper, he will make a Spotify playlist hired uh, by the guest. Okay, it's a pretty big perk. Yeah, it so, sounds good. So this is the part three. Here is at age thirty.
4: Ugh.
1: I'm surprised we haven't heard anything about They Might Be Giants yet.
4: Well, I love They Might Be Giants. There are a lot of artists that I love, but I turned thirty in the year two thousand one. What was I listening to then, guys? I have to know. go back to my Napster <laughs> and look it up. I hope you weren't downloading songs illegally. Well, if
1: you were, if you were listening
4: to Bill no, I Bragg was sharing
1: that,
2: files with my friends. I guess so. That 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 actually makes it sound
1: better. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot came out in two thousand one.
4: So you could have Yes, it did and I'm a big I'm a big fan of Wilco and and I I've curated the comedy stage at Wilco's uh, Solid Sound Festival in Northamp, excuse me, in North Adams, Massachusetts the past several years. Not bad. But that I it took me a while I was not automatically on board for that one. I'm probably going to just say my friend Jonathan Colton from college who was working with me on a reading Variety Series in Brooklyn and was composing new music for each episode of our live show. And um, they were great songs that he later recorded for his albums and are now um, still great songs. And you, you went to college in Connecticut? I went to college in, in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. I went to Yale oh, University. Oh, I was going
2: to say Albertus Magnus.
4: An accredited
2: four-year college in okay. Southern Connecticut. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, I think I've heard of it.
4: Because of file sharing, I was, I was sort of rediscovering music again for the first time. Because mm-hmm. after college, I didn't have the money or the interest or the time to buy music and play it on a CD player or anything anymore. I just was sort of non non musical for a long time. That was I was just watching, watching sitcoms
2: and getting drunk. It's like the sound of music when the kids didn't sing for the longest time. Yeah, that's right. You're like Gretel. Was that one of them? Anyway. Just, I was,
4: I'm like Liesl.
2: You, you are a Thank you Now that I, I think about that, you're a Liesl. Liesl. Yes. Liesl. Got it.
1: Thank you for those answers. I like, I like that. We appreciate yeah. that. Well, part of, part of my yeah. motivation too is that I'm, I'm trying to get out of like what I feel is a 10 year lull of losing the path of music.
4: So that helps. Yeah, but you don't need another old person to remind you of the stuff that they liked when yeah, in but in this past. case,
1: but in this case, since we're roughly the same age now, it's just like comparison.
2: Because I can think, oh, I was... Oh, well, was... what was
4: yours? Give me yours at 10. At 10? Ooh, in the ones.
2: question. I don't remember. Mine at 10. Mine was Chicago 10, 20, and 30. Mine, mine
1: was Michael uh-huh. Jackson at 10. And then Men at right. Work. Men at Work, Michael Jackson.
4: So is it Michael Jackson or Men at Work? I'll say Men at Work. Whoa. <laughs> Scoop, is right? That is that minty chocolate I'm talking to? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> that is Ben. Yeah. Ben. No, is that good or not good?
4: Well, look, Colin Hayes is a great singer songwriter. Great, And Men at Work was a great band, but you can't. I mean, and if you liked them better, you liked them better. What can I say? Yeah. But you're not going to sit. You're not going to say to me that Men at Work is a a better or more important musical outfit than Michael Jackson. Oh no,
1: no, I would not make that right, claim. Okay. Yeah. If okay. anything, right. I'm just, I'm just. Uh, but showing you liked that, them better.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm just showing.
1: Better. I'm just admitting that I didn't know enough about music. In fact, I recall yeah. having a poster that I got at some like school book sale, which was, it, it was a Pink Floyd poster, but I could not grasp the concept of what Pink Floyd was. And it was just, I think there was a car on the poster. I still don't get it. <laughs> it, t- it literally took me 10, 15 years before I, I listened to the band because I had it locked in my head of, is it like a car maker? What is this poster <laughs> for? Uh, I was that far gone in understanding what music was. That was a slow burn to figure that Pink out. Floyd,
4: Pink, Pink Floyd uh, muff- brakes and muffler. <laughs> yes. I'm sure it's there a- is a company. Somewhere. Yeah. Twenty well, was my How transition.
1: old are you now? Uh, I'm 44 oh, yeah. now.
4: Okay, so 20. Tell me, you're 20.
1: Well, 20 uh, was my transition from from Zeppelin into Fish. So I think at 20 it was still Zeppelin. I'm not even sure I want to hear 30.
2: <laughs> it's still Fish, I think,
1: right? No, 30. 30 was Wilco. Okay. Which I think was is like, Wilco. it's kind of like the standard joke now. Like, aren't they the the dad band?
2: Mm-hmm. I want to hurt their feelings. Those guys still rock. I know. I, I still love them. Yeah, I hope they're not listening to this because I think that's...
1: Friends of the show, future guests will sure. go. why not?
4: <laughs> right. They yeah. really rock. They really rock. You should come to Solid Sound in North Adams, Massachusetts this uh, next June. Uh,
1: what well, do you think... Um,
4: why am I plugging that thing? Yeah, I'm going to we be in from Bethlehem, from, Pennsylvania. On
2: November 17th. On November
4: 17th. SteelStacks.org.
2: Tickets may still be available. I think there's a few. I, not that many. I looked the other day. Music
4: Fest Cafe.
2: Yes, you'll it, enjoy that.
4: Sponsored by Yingling.
1: Behind you will be um, uh, what I've actually coincidentally often thought of as a Pink Floyd light show because the old Bethlehem steel uh, machinery is is still there and many stories high, and they have it lit up with all kinds of colors, and it'll look oh, kind fantastic. of freaky. When you're here on November 17th, you won't be able to do the following, but in a prior episode, somebody had asked about how somebody would get a, a guest celebrity just to come in and lecture in a class. Oh, last last spring, Tom Hanks stopped by campus because he's a friend of one of the professors here. Sure. And, uh, and he just, like, the next day he was, like, in class and just kind of hanging out in class. And so sure, we were thinking, who else? Like, can you do that? Like, wouldn't it be great just to get people or entertainers just to come in and give lectures? And I could never think of anybody to ask, but I think you'd be great at that. Whenever you got a free day and you want to somehow drive across New Jersey to the Lehigh Valley, you're welcome to give a guest lecture in my class.
4: In uh, in the subject of environmental engineering? No, it's up to you. Well, that would be—that's my choice then. But in the meantime, you're gonna get a—you're gonna get a, a whole show from me on the perils of living in in the woods. An asthmatic, weird, only child, grown man, baby, weird dad.
1: How, how long have you been doing this show? I've been doing it for a, a little over a year. Yeah. How far has it taken you? Like, what what distance from from New York have you done Seattle the show? show
4: the furthest I've been. Away from my home, performing Vacation Land mm-hmm. by John Hodgman. Yes, Wait. The um, name of your show is
0: Vacation Land. Yes, yeah. I'd miss that. Sorry, it's in the. It's on the website.
4: It's on the website.
0: Oh,
1: he he knows that. We just told him to act like he didn't know. know. I know because so you could I'm, I'm it. from Maine, so that's I.
4: Wait, you are? Yeah.
0: Where are you from in Maine? A little town
4: called Damariscotta. or is
0: the GPS yeah. likes to pronounce it Damariscotta.
4: Damariscotta. Damascata. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I I haven't been there, but I've driven by it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's. Well, then you will enjoy my show. There, I mean, it is largely about what happens when, I, as I say, an asthmatic, weird, aging dad, manchild, nervous person goes into the woods. But two different wildernesses. One is the woods of Western Massachusetts, and the other is the very painful beaches of coastal Maine. Oh, <laughs> um, John, do you have anything else uh, to plug? You can hear my voice on. Uh, as the as the voice of John Glazer's smartphone in the new John Glazer very funny TV show John Glazer loves gear on True TV, uh, true TV yeah by the time i appeared uh, on the stage in Bethlehem Pennsylvania the Amazon TV show Red Oaks will have begun its second season okay and uh, that's a terrific show that uh, that is still terrific even though i am on it a little bit okay just so people don't think i'm i do like other music i love wilco I'm gonna say some other musics that I like. Please do. That I'm listening to lately. And so be on the playlist. I like the Mountain Goats a lot. I like right. John Roderick of the Long Winters a lot. What else am I? What else am I listening to? Oh, Santa Gold is an incredible album this year. I like that Chance the Rapper album is good. Pitch Black Brass Band.
2: Are you? Are, are you these, just real bands? Are you throwing together names? Just words. I was
4: just. I was just on that Prairie Home Companion, so I have to give my shout out to. Chris Thiele and Nickel Creek and Sarah Watkins and Sean Watkins. Sarah Watkins has an incredible album out.
2: Okay. Now, Nickel Creek um, and Nickelback don't have any relation to each other.
4: No,
2: they don't. Okay. No. Just now, the are,
4: same fondness for Nickels.
2: <laughs> yeah, I wanna.
4: I wanted
1: to
2: thank you for, for spending the time, for calling in, and for hanging out with us. Thank you so much, John. We will definitely see you in Bethlehem on November 17th. And again, thanks for being on. Yeah.
4: It's my pleasure. I will see you all there. Bye, John
3: great thank you so much
2: thank you thank
1: Thank you very much take care guys Bye. bye
2: Um, okay so we have a, we have an open box here. We yeah, have just I opened on our table. table. We have just opened a box.
1: Uh-huh. We got we got from Dutch licorice from our from our friend Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands the, this I, ha- I
2: would say European Superfan. European Superfan, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh head of, of European Division BBB. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, great guy. Mm-hmm. He sent us a whole box of, of Dutch licorice and there's they're all labeled yep. uh, although he's got very excellent handwriting.
2: Yeah, Peter. W- would you let us know when you hear this? Is the handwriting your own? Is it that of a child of yours, a spouse? A child couldn't write this well. That's that's it's really really good handwriting. Why would a why would a spouse sign his name? Uh, I don't know. Do, do they teach handwriting in schools there? There's there's all kinds of questions we have here because it's very good handwriting. It says uh, we we will not pronounce it well, but eat
1: uh, eat smakalik, hoplik smak Het gorton Peter. And then he asks us to Google Translate that. Well, he, he, he says Google Translate question mark. Like, maybe we have a choice. Oh, yeah. Like, in case we didn't figure it out. Yeah. In case one of us speaks. What Dutch. do we think it says? I think it says, um, I, I, like, hope you enjoy it. Yep. Uh, something, something, hope you enjoy it. Eat this up. It's good. Hope you enjoy it.
2: Well, so That's so hard. so looking at this, the word hopelijk, H-O-P-E-L-I-J-K, what that translates. If that word is, in fact, hope, then we can translate all Dutch words. As just adding l i j k to the end of an English word, mm, This we good, that's right. fair. but I don't think that's right. That's all, but but this would be our Rosetta Stone if that was the case. How do you right. spell it? H uh, O P E L I J K. We'll get Google Translate to do this. It says hopefully, hopefully, there you go. Hopefully, so
3: that wasn't too bad. That
2: wasn't too bad. I think, I think we, I think we've got our, I think we're experts
3: I think
1: we've now. We've cracked yeah, the code, we've cracked it. Yeah, well, Peter, who uh, also is uh, fluent in English, so he's got to speak by one language here,
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe more.
1: He included a note that says to beware of
2: sugar Sugar-free licorice. When
1: you eat too much of it, it can be laxative.
2: Yeah, that, we have that in North America too. With many <laughs> sugar-free things, we've experienced that with gummy bears and gummy worms. We've got pocket money,
1: which is sweet and salty. We've got sweet suns. Those are sugar-free, so we got to watch out for those. Watch out for those. We have uh, what what Simon's looking forward to: salted
2: herring. Mm-hmm. Salt, uh, soft, this is, salty. This
0: is salted herring flavored licorice. Well,
2: okay. well, they're, they're they're. I don't think they're herring flavored. They are herring shaped but they are probably uh, salty licorice, which so is salty licorice. I've had this, I've had the salty Danish licorice. Peter, Peter's going to have to tell us whether, which, which is superior, the Danish or the Dutch, uh, licorice. Uh, what's this one? Drop fruit. Didn't even have to translate it. It just says drop fruit. Did, wait, does that have sugar
1: in it? Are we allowed to eat that? Uh, it, we weren't told. It doesn't say.
2: I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to do it in a safe space.
1: And one more pull drop. Oh, and I have a note on pull drop for That's all okay. our listeners who are rushing out to order pull drop. Mm-hmm. Pull drop doesn't taste like real licorice, but it's very funny. When you eat too much of it, you will get black poop. <laughs> okay, um, something to look forward to for
0: our listeners. You then you left one package out here with me. Oh, what's oh, that one? That's that's the translation is drop love, salt and ammonium chloride, sugar free. That sounds pretty
2: good. <laughs> drop so, love. Yeah, yeah. There's there, there's a lot here, Peter. Thank you so much for sending this, and and we would encourage all our listeners to send us candy through the mail <laughs> from their native oh, uh, state or country, or just. Uh, I just, just I, I just like free just candy. candy. Yeah, I'm I'm good with free. But candy. But please, um,
1: send, send, cho- send your mint. candies. Mint based candies. Send oh. your
3: candies based on the results of the candy survey.
0: Well oh, that'd be good. Good point. Yeah. So I I actually like I'm weird. I like. Okay. I think we Yeah, I think we peanut can. Peanut butter and mint, all three, all together in one. together. Oreo really has mint Oreos that I love dipping in peanut butter.
2: Oh, that's weird. You're yeah. weirdo.
0: Yeah. So uh, sorry to ruin ruin the dating.
2: Thank <laughs> you.